Welcome to the PM Excite podcast, where we are currently talking about all things growth and marketing. Our episode today is brought to you by the Next Level Growth Program, training for BDMs, property managers, and anyone else interested in rent roll growth. Over 28 days, growth coach extraordinaire Natalie South digs deep into the four foundations she believes are crucial for success in this space, and that should know. After all, she's received numerous awards as a BDM, including REB's Australian BDM of the Year. In 2021, Natalie coached more than 100 people through her program, and their results really have been next level. It's probably because she shares the exact processes, scripts, templates, and resources she personally used to bring on 333 new managements in just 12 months when she was on the tools. If you too want to see your results skyrocket or perhaps simply just gain the confidence to really go after your goals, go to pmexcite.com and click on the growth tab. And if you're not following Nat already on Instagram, we suggest you get on over there because she is very active with tips and suggestions for anyone serious about signing more managements. Now, let's get started with today's episode. But before we dive in today, we like to start each conversation with some gratitude. So we'll start with you, Terry. What are you grateful for today? I'm grateful for my hairdresser. I I don't realize until I get there that, um, you know, just not, not that I felt bad about myself, but when I leave, I feel so much better. And um, she gets me in there early and I have all my appointments booked up ahead of time. And I, yeah, I'm just feeling very much like a lot of love towards her today. Thanks, Tamsin. So um, what about you, Sean? What are you grateful for today? I love that, by the way. Um, I'm also really grateful for the hairdresser that I had in Palm Beach. It was bloody amazing, who I don't know what I'm going to see again. Um, so I'm in need of the hairdresser. Um, but I'm really grateful just to be a mum to my son. Like he's such a little legend and he's at such a fun age where he's three. And um, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I've had to really learn how to play with a three-year-old because sometimes it can be kind of understimulating, but grateful for the moments that we have together. Where I can just sit down and play with him and actually really be into it and enjoy it as much as he um, does. So time's so fleeting. I think you really realize that when you have kids. So yeah, really grateful to be a mum today. But let's get into today's conversation where we cover off on the top seven mistakes made by principals when it comes to growing the rent roll and how you can avoid them. And so I guess when we say mistakes, we just mean the things that we see principals do or don't do often. Um, and if you do find yourself nodding along in this episode to some of these things um, that we're going to be mentioning today, we see this as actually a really good sign. It means that you now have a bit of an invitation to really stop and look at how you're growing your own rent roll and look at where some improvements can potentially be made. Um, so Terry, let's dive in straight off the bat. What's the first mistake that we see principals make when it comes to growth? I, I think it's actually underestimating how much attention a property manager will be able to give new business. So when when someone has a portfolio of properties to manage, regardless of how small it is, most people are going to find it difficult to change their focus between the two roles. So um, if your property manager is the one that's responsible for growth uh, in your business, they're going to struggle with this. And, and I'm not saying that it can't be done, but for someone to be doing decent numbers, there needs to be a lot of attention paid to activities like prospecting, which Property managers find hard to do when they have a number of current clients they need to deal with. So like there's owners and tenants that are vying for their attention already. And it's actually the consistency of those prospecting activities 
I guess that's the hardest for them to maintain, which means that as the property manager gets busier, their pipeline starts to dry up. So think about it. All of a sudden, they're just not responsible for generating leads and converting them. They also have to lease properties, prepare entry condition reports, action maintenance requests, and before too long, start conducting routine inspections on all the properties they've leased. They can't help but be sucked into the the property management side of things. So if your property manager is also your BDM or, or is responsible for the growth of your rent roll, then your strategy needs to be a little different than if you had a person who was solely responsible for bringing on new business. That was their job. Your property manager will need to be supported in a different way. And in my experience, most PMs are actually very good at converting warm leads into signed management agreements. They know their market. They know how to build relationships. The potential client will feel comfortable because they're meeting the person who's actually going to be caring for their property. They actually possess all of the requirements to get the deal across the line. It's just they don't have time to go and source that those leads themselves. So if you want your if you want to be growing your rent roll quickly and you don't have a designated BDM, then providing warm leads to the property manager for them to convert is going to be your best strategy to give you the growth that you're looking for. So how you do this? Well, it's probably a conversation for another day, but I will say rather than getting frustrated by the lack of results or what you perceive to be a lack of results, um, have a look at your expectations, what they are and how you can support your property manager to maximise their potential. So that's the number one mistake that I see happen. Uh, The second one is is not incentivising everyone in the team to bring on new business. So, you know, they're just kind of um, giving the, the bonuses or the incentives to the BDM and the sales team. And for me, growth is a team sport. Everyone on the team needs to not only understand why it's so important for the health of the agency to be growing, but you also, you know, want to be giving them some kind of reward for bringing new business to the table and, and make it simple for yourself. If you're paying a salesperson 250 bucks per converted lead, then that's your standard. Is the lead that comes from the receptionist worth anything less to the business? No. Likewise, property managers who receive a referral from a current client or have an owner purchase another property, um, you know, within their rent roll that they're already managing, but then they go and buy another one and then they bring it in for them to manage. That's a great lead as well. So regardless of whether the, the BDM is involved or not, the property manager should be rewarded. And if the cleaner sends you a lead, incentivize them too and, and pay them quickly. As soon as the property is income producing, hand the dollars over. Um, I, I see people that want to wait six months and it's way too complicated, guys. As soon as we're making money from it, hand the money over. And when you think about it, there's actually so many opportunities that our team may be capitalised or may not rather be capitalising on simply because they don't see growth as their job. You know, that's not my thing. I don't do growth. So by rewarding them, you're actually uh, helping them to keep it uh, front of mind. I mean, as soon as somebody pays me for something, oh, oh, I'm going to do that again. So that's the approach that we want to take. So there's a, a leasing consultant with an agency I work with that regularly brings in great leads to the business. Just the other day, she had a prospective tenant's brother sign with the agency simply because she recognised an opportunity. Um, Yeah, she's a great source of leads for them. Mm. So 
On that note, Terry, just before you continue, I was just thinking, when I, like you just um, really sparked my memory there. When I worked for the agency that I worked with in Brisbane, um, we paid, they paid everyone really differently. So you just said, you know, the receptionist, is their lead worth any less than, you know, the sales agents? And it was in our business, which is quite interesting, isn't it, to think about? Like, why do we do that um, if we're trying to grow the rent roll and really the low-hanging fruit are the people that are closest to the new business, which is the property managers and the leasing consultants and the receptionists? Um, so that's a really interesting concept and something that definitely we're doing probably wrong or could do better. Um, and so with that particular example you were just about to talk about, does anyone else in the team bring in leads or is it just a leasing consultant? And I guess what type of dollars um, does that person make for a lead converted can you give us some indication around that okay so in this agency they have a flat fee um so the bdm is um incentivized differently because that's her role and she's got kpis and things like that to meet but for everyone else whether it's a salesperson if it's a director if it's um you know the if it's a tenant a current tenant refers someone 250 dollars is their standard. So I work with different agencies that want to do half of the letting fee and all that kind of thing. And I think unless you're in the the actual space of property management, it actually gets a bit complicated. And $250 for one phone call, you know, people quite like that. So the, the leasing consultant in this team, she's actually exceptional at this. And um, it like, you know, it's not unusual for her to get $1,000 a month because she is talking to people at open homes and she like she's a gun she she's action-packed it's not like they're in a um you know really hot market and uh, you know that kind of thing she she's she's very very good with this um so the prospective tenant's brother so this is a conversation with someone that comes to have a look at a property who didn't even end up renting through them but had a conversation with her I think he he started off with oh, there's a few people here today. And she said, oh, yeah, you know, and then that that kind of triggered it. And I think she said to him, oh, do you have an investment property yourself? And he said, no, it's my brother. And he's struggling to lease it. And bang, mm-hmm. she was onto it like yeah. you wouldn't believe. So, yeah, very like the, the whole, t- it is a team sport growth. Everybody should be responsible within the um, agency for bringing on new management. So that's kind of my thinking. So um, the third mistake, though, so we are about mistakes today. Um, The third mistake is discounting fees without considering their team's value. And remember, we're talking about mistakes that principals or or the bosses make today. Okay, not I'm not talking about a BDM discounting fees to get get the deal. So what I often see, um, particularly with selling principals, a tendency to promise cheaper fees to mates to relatives, to friends of mates, friends of relatives, the barista at their favourite coffee shop, like the list is never ending. And and if this is you, I want you to stop doing it. You're not only decreasing the value of your asset, so your rent roll, you're also diminishing all the amazing work that your team does. So if a friend or a family member asks straight up for a discount, just, just say to them, of course we can look after you. Oh, my team's fantastic at what they'll do. I'll get Sean Lee to give you a call. But whatever you do, don't talk about reducing fees or matching fees or or doing a deal. Let your BDM or your property manager do their job. And the chances are your friend or, or relative will feel much more comfortable hitting you up for a discount than they would your BDM once they understand all the value that the team's providing. So 
If you're expecting your team to provide a premium service, then don't undermine their confidence by undermining the value of what they do. That, that's all I'm going to say on that. So, um, but it's a biggie. It, like, I see it all the time and I'm really like, you know, this is where the 4% and the 5% come from, guys. It's because the wrong people, we're not demonstrating our value because we're actually having a discussion about fees before we need to. So anyway, the fourth mistake that I often see made is not making the most of the data that we've already got there at their fingertips, okay? And what I'm talking about here is basically not recognising that our clients see us as like their real estate expert, the, the one service provider. They don't see a sales department, a property management department, accounts department, like you, you get the picture. So if they have had a conversation with a salesperson at an open home about the rental market, they're probably going to be okay with someone from the property management team contacting them and discussing the rental market further. So not only should the salesperson be setting, in this instance, setting it up for the BDM to call them, but they should also flag that the person who has attended the open home, um, like putting it in their CRM, that they're either like an investor or a potential investor, whatever categories you use. And, and too often this isn't being done. And again, it's because we're not looking after our data properly. So our database housekeeping often isn't very good um, across the agency. And for me, the, getting this right really needs to be driven from the principle. So keeping it front of mind, making sure it's easy for salespeople to do, like to, to actually tag that somebody is an investor or a potential investor, and then using that information properly. So all, and then if we go a little bit further into the, um, the data side of things, so all of those missed appraisals, ask yourself, what are you doing about those? All of those overdue tasks from the last two BDMs that you had um, in the business, who's responsible for actioning those tasks? Like too often there is so much low-hanging fruit being missed because we're not looking at the data that we already have. And, and we actually see this in the first week um, of our BDM training program, so next level growth. It, it's very apparent that people don't understand how much data they have available and they're certainly not capitalising on, on what they do have there. So th that's a big mistake for me. The fifth mistake that I see a lot of is the accountability piece. And often, the, and this is for the BDMs, right? Often the boss isn't communicating their expectations around performance or they're just focusing on the number of managements gained each month, not the activities that are happening to produce these. And they're also not thinking about the properties that are lost, unless it's kind of, you know, getting a bit drastic. Um, they also only leave it till the end of the month before they pay any attention to what's going on around growth. And, and just like a high-performing salesperson, BDMs need to know their numbers and be held accountable to them. So the reality is most principals you know what, they're pretty good salespeople themselves. So they actually have a huge amount of value to add to the growth of a property management department in a coaching capacity. They understand numbers because they've been looking at them at them themselves. And look, Natalie South, our resident growth expert, she was the number one BDM in Australia. She brought in 333 managements in a 12-month period and her clients love her she still had a catch-up with her principal every single week and they went through her numbers, what she'd achieved for the week, whether she was on target or not for her goals, 
what she was struggling with, and even though she was the best in the business, Nat had to share how many calls she'd made, the number of appraisals she'd conducted, what was in her pipeline, and she actually credits the accountability that came with this meeting as one of the biggest reasons for her success, and it's a simple thing. But I see so many principals not able to take the time for a 30-minute catch-up. I mean, you can have it in a cafe for coffee. You know, it, it is such an important um, piece of your income, okay? So, um, yeah, simple thing that's not consistently done. And I guess, Sean, you as a recruiter, you like I'm interested to hear whether did principals ever talk about you know, oh, and we'll sit down every week and we'll provide accountability and we'll help them keep track of their numbers. When you were recruiting for BDMs, was that something that was discussed? Honestly, it pains me to say no. So in five years, I can't recall many conversations where that happened. Um, I do recall a couple of clients talking about it, whether or not it actually became a thing. I don't believe it did. Um, but no, it's it's more along the lines of, hey, Shanley, these are the KPIs and these are the expectations. And, you know, we really want someone who can hit the ground running and be super autonomous, um, but definitely no conversation around, you know, here's how we can help them get here. Here's the accountability piece for them. Um, and I I guess it's kind of crazy, Terry, when you think about it. It's like a coach asking an athlete to train really hard and, you know, win the race, um, but not provide them with any accountability or coaching or nutrition help or here's how you get there or here's how we can tweak, you know, your running to be better or whatever, whatever you know, it takes to, to win the race. It kind of is the same with the BDM. Um, they need that accountability. They need that constant coaching. And I think as well, it's very easy to like, you, like you're happy sometimes, not happy, um, sometimes it's okay to let yourself down. You kind of go, oh, well, no one's looking. You know, if you're out for a run um, and you slow down the last kilometre, you're like, oh, well, no one's looking. It is what it is. Um, however, if you've got someone there beside you, you're more inclined to want to win and keep going. And the same goes for our BDMs. They need that accountability. They need someone there with them, pushing them every single step of the way because it's hard. It's a sales job, right? And we do this for salespeople. We have our weekly sales meetings. So, yeah, why are we not including the BDM? Um or yeah. giving them their own, you know, 30 minutes. I think that's really important and something we're definitely not doing enough of in our industry. Yeah. I, I think you said something there um, about coaching. So when we have these regular catch-ups and we're discussing, like, why, why haven't you, you said last week or you, your goal is to, to get 20 this month and, you know, we're halfway through and you've only got five, um, what, what haven't you been doing or, or, or what's the, like, the coaching opportunities that come up? Are really mm. important. The other thing is when you give someone someone your attention, even like for 30 minutes every week, it's showing that you care and you're yeah. interested in them and people can't help but respond. Now, sometimes those meetings are going to be a little uncomfortable, um, mm. but other times it's like, oh, I can't wait to catch up this week. I'm going to I'm going to nail it. So um, we, we know Natalie, who Natalie's principal was, and he, he is, he has high expectations, but he's also the person that would say, good job, you've done that, you, you know, pat on the back. And, and she, she would be, she was looking for that recognition, I guess. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is a big thing say- for me. Yeah. yeah, and I was going to say, Terry, before you continue on the next thing, the other thing is the strategy behind it, right? So it's having like not just the accountability piece, but it's also, as we know, it can be really overwhelming sometimes. We have a goal, we want to get there, but we don't actually know what I need to do to get the last three in the bag for the month. Or you can kind of, um, you forget to have that perspective because you're so busy doing the do, whereas having like that, that one-on-one accountability 
it's so easy for the principal to say, okay, cool, I can see you're trying to do X, Y, and Z. Why don't you try this? Or have you looked at doing that? Or just kind of give you some steps um, as opposed to just the accountability of why haven't you done this? It's like, hey, here's how you could go about doing that. I think that that strategy is really important to have someone guide you along the way because it's, you know, I think it's all about um, improvements, right, and tweaking. And sometimes we don't know everything. Nat was the best um, at what she did, and she still needed that along the way. She still needed a bit of perspective along the way because it gets hard and you get overwhelmed. So I think there's a really yeah. big, um, yeah, a really big place for that in the industry that we're kind of missing at the moment. Yeah, and, and we've mentioned BDM here, but it's exactly the same for your property manager. Uh, a quick catch up each week, and mm. you know, to talk about growth. If that's what, yeah. if that's part of their role, if they're responsible for that, then um, yeah, you need to make sure that you're actually talking about it on a regular basis and holding them accountable for for that piece. So it, it's a biggie. Um, the sixth mistake that I often see um, where principals making when it comes to, to growth is actually failing to build capacity within the team for new business. So growth can be painful at the best of times. But if we're asking a property manager who's really under the pump already to welcome new clients and provide an amazing experience for them, and you know, we've got a lot of them coming through, then something's going to give. And, and it's usually the level of service provided for the whole portfolio, not just for the new people. Um, it, it affects everything because it takes time to build relationships and new clients, they actually deserve our time and attention, but then so do our existing clients. So it gets a little bit muddled. Um, the other thing is that people don't realise just how time-consuming new business can be and, you know, the, the conversations are longer. It's the first time that we're doing everything. You know, we've got compliance to get sorted. Uh, we've got condition reports to prepare. And and it's actually no wonder that property managers sigh, like they have a big, okay, when, when they hear, hey, I've got another one for you, like that they're not quite as enthusiastic as the BDM and the boss and all that kind of thing. It, it's actually one of the reasons why we so see so many agencies bring on big numbers but then also lose them at the almost the same pace. So if your focus is on fast growth, then you're going to need to ensure that your property managers have the time and resources to properly service your new clients. Um, so we want to build capacity there. Um, also, it's important to understand that that net growth can be an expensive exercise for a business. So when you're in hyper growth mode, your profit is probably not going to look as good as you'd like it to because you need to build this capacity with the team and you're actually throwing a heap of resources at your goals. So recognising this is actually going to make you feel a whole lot better when you have your catch up with your accountant and they point out that, you know, your, your profits dropped and that kind of thing. So understanding that um, hyper growth is not as profitable um, as perhaps some other approaches and that you also need to build this, um, it comes down to building this capacity for your team. And then the seventh thing, um, mistake, I guess, that we, we see happening is not providing appropriate training for non-BDMs. Now, that's um, going back to my approach where the, the whole team needs to be incentivised and, and growth is a, a team sport. I, and, and I think this, this mistake is pretty self-explanatory. But if, if we want our whole team to have a growth mindset, if we want our property managers to be responsible for increasing the numbers of the rent roll, um, you know, then we're going to actually have to provide them with the training to do so. Um, scripts and dialogues, you know, a process to follow, 
things like how to conduct an appraisal. Not only will this training give them confidence, which is um, which is so important, I think, in this space, it's actually it's going to help hone their skills at recognising opportunities. So by not equipping the receptionist with a clear process on how to handle inquiries or, or even a question um, might come in randomly about fees, then you're actually, well, almost definitely missing out on opportunities or at the very least starting the BDM on the back foot with the client, okay? If your leasing consultant doesn't know what to say to a potential client who wanders into an open home because they just happen to have a property in the same building, then you're missing out on business. And when your property manager doesn't feel comfortable asking an owner about their other investment properties, then that too is money walking out the door. So I want you to to think about it like this. Don't underestimate the power of growth training for the whole team. And if you're not sure where to start with this, like you can check us out at pmxsite.com. But we also have another podcast as well, which focuses purely on property management growth. So Natalie, you know, number one BDM in Australia in her time, um, she's our our growth expert and she's going to join us and share her very valuable insight into this topic. Uh, It's called Let's Grow with PM Excite and you'll find it on all the usual podcast platforms out there. So they're they're not the only mistakes that people make, Sean Lee, with um, growth, but, you know, they're probably the seven most common ones um, that we see. And I actually see them as being quite simple to overcome. Yeah. Mm, agreed. And I think it's, um, yeah, really great that we have this conversation today and hopefully our listeners can take something away from it. And if they are making some of the same mistakes, make some improvements where they can. Um, and also I wanted to mention that our round five of the Next Level Growth Challenge is happening in the next two weeks. So on the 14th of February, uh, we launch round five, which we are very, very excited about. So if you are interested, head over to pmexcite.com. You can check out the growth tab and it'll give you all the information um, about our next program um, all around growth. And like Terry mentioned, you know, don't underestimate the power of getting your whole team involved in something like this. I think that's really important. 